Confessing should be easy. Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm Alex Richwagon, your host. My show focuses on identifying a long-term strategy in pursuit of growth and dividends to be better off financially, making life easier. I'm here to help walk you through this journey with an effective and affordable way to invest. I put this podcast and my book together to help others just like you. If you have any questions or comments, go ahead and send me an email at alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's uh, G-E-N on the Richwagon on the uh, last name. Or you can go ahead and visit the website. It's uh, alexrichwagon.com. It's got all the links and uh, past podcasts in there as well, including SoundCloud links and iTunes subscribes. So in today's show, we are going to look at a company that, let me take a step back. Last week, last week we talked about Briggs & Stratton. And the problem that we saw with Briggs & Stratton is they didn't have a true catalyst. And they weren't really getting involved into... I would call the, um, the concept known as Internet of Things, connectivity. And we talked about a lack of uh, connectivity between a lawnmower and the, the, the consumer. And what happens, um, it's going inside the lawnmower to get a consumer aware of when it needs to be maintenance or something else happens. There should be some signals going on, some connectivity between that and a wireless connection or a Wi-Fi to give somebody an alert when something could it could go wrong when the oil change, etc. So that kind of bridges our concept into company this week. I thought it'd be a nice transition. Is a company called Honeywell. Honeywell is a very worldly known brand that specializes in uh, multiple new areas, which we'll talk about. And most importantly, is they are definitely involved in the Internet of Things and connectivity. So that's why I thought it would be a good bridge between last week's company and this week's company to try to change it up a little bit instead of picking something at random. We're going to follow the traditional three-step approach where we go through Google Finance to look at a high-level macro uh, perspective along with competitors. Then we're going to go to finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com, and then we'll actually look at the company in detail, look at Honeywell's investor relation, look at their catalyst, what are they seeing, what are they projecting and forecasting over the next uh, 12 months to five years. But today we're gonna actually going to reverse it and we're going to start on the investor relations side to see what does Honeywell do. And this came as a suggestion from an email reader um, named Mac. So thanks, Mac, for the suggestion. We're going to go in reverse order this week to kind of talk about what the company does right out the gate. I thought that would be a nice transition to start. And then so that'll be step one. And then step two, we'll go to the macro perspective. And then step three, we'll hit uh, FinViz and look at the technical and fundamental analysis where we look at the ratios which are derived from the company's financials or cash flow statements or income statements and see what do we what do we see as far as this is this a good or good investment or something to stay away from. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Go right into step one, which is again switching it up this week. We're gonna hit investor relations. And what does Honeywell do? So the first thing I want you to think about is I want you to think of infrastructure technology that supports four different main areas of what Honeywell is set up to. The first one is aerospace. And by aerospace, I mean aviation, planes. The second item is chemical technology. The third is homes and building technology. And the fourth and last is safety and safety specifically around cybersecurity. And we're going to talk about 
the main two drivers of the company and why they do have growth catalysts right out of the gate. I went ahead and listened to their last conference call, which was towards the end of April. And one of the things to point out is if you're unaware, as most companies, they report their earnings and how the company's doing financially every quarter. And that's how Wall Street measures them on a quarterly basis to see how they keep on track. And this is something that they have to disclose how they're doing to their shareholders in the open market. On the conference call, they listed out how they had met met and beat expectations across almost all of their financial metrics. They actually had a 10% growth in, I want to say, their earnings per share, which was derived from both organic growth and then as well as a favorable tax rate. But going back, there's two specific areas that they highlighted that really spurred that organic growth. The first one is around aerospace technology, which is, again, aviation and planes. And what, what does that mean is they, they play an important component in connectivity between allowing uh, both pilots, air controllers, and operations know when uh, fuel use is either high, low, or medium, or needs, needs maintenance or needs to be checked. And then as well as the software that goes inside the planes to give off readily alerts to what's actually going on in the plane because the connectivity internet of things means that systems, all the systems within a plane are all talking to each other and relaying that information to humans to be able to make better decisions. That way um, they can prevent tragedies and as well as keep, more importantly, keep the planes running at full efficiency. So that was the first item and they had good organic growth. I want to say it exceeded over 5%, which may not seem a lot but when you're talking about uh, market cap size over billions of dollars. It means a lot. The other main component where they said they've experienced high growth, and I want to say it was in the neighborhood of 10% growth um, year over year, was home and building. What I mean by home and building is uh, connecting buildings, connecting lighting, connecting Within, within companies' buildings, how they build them out today, they have more infrastructure built in within connectivity. So that way, I'll give you an example. If I walk in or out of a room, the light switch will turn on automatically by itself. That's, that's an example of Internet of Things and connectivity. Also, when you think of Honeywell, the natural thing that I think about immediately is thermostats. And they're getting more integrated into other pieces of the home and the building aspect. So they're building smarter systems for your home. So that way, I'll give you an example. If you leave the house and you want to set the thermostat, maybe maybe it's programmed, um, but you want to change it because you've got guests coming in town. You can go ahead and program that right from your phone or you leave your garage door open. That's connectivity. And that's getting the ability to change things inside your home to make them more efficient while you are either in the home or outside the home. That's what examples of smarter systems for your home mean. So they, again, experience over 5% growth in the aerospace area and over 10% growth in the home and building section of uh, connecting buildings and connecting homes. So those are the kind of catalysts that they're going forward and the things that they're investing within the company going forward. I said a lot, so again, aerospace and home building, those are the growth catalysts, and they are experiencing those growth um, pieces from the company itself. Across everything else that the company had to look at, um, as far as you know, their annual report, 
it, the only thing else that kind of stuck out to me was they made an acquisition in uh, June, which was in a headline. They acquired uh, Next9 to broaden their cyber security portfolio. And what that really meant was, um, we talked about that safety aspect. Honeywell has a lot of um, plants. And this is a, an important piece to kind of like proactively prevent bad things from happening. It's the Next9 is an industrial cybersecurity solutions company in order to keep their plants safe. So that is also a proactive approach to making sure that they're using connectivity, which is some of the other pieces that they're really big on, Internet of Things, and as well as the safety aspect. It all kind of wraps all into one fell swoop in order to propel the company forward. So everything that I've looked at kind of checks the box. They, they've got good, grow, or good organic growth. They've got some catalysts propel the company going forward, and as well as um, high-level conference call panned out that they had experienced very good growth organically across the board. So no red flags. I like everything that I see. So next step we're going to do is um, we're going to go into Google Finance. So this is step two of our three-step strategy. So Google Finance, I'm going to go ahead and type in Honeywell. And the stock symbol that it lets me know is HON. So Honeywell International is HON. And right off the bat, I see the stock is trading around 133, uh, which doesn't really mean a whole lot. And then I'm going to go kind of look further, like what's going on here. Um, something that we, we've talked about before as far as a sign of health in the company is a um, dividend payout ratio. Right now, Honeywell is paying out 2% uh, dividend. And their dividend payout ratio is derived from the total amount of dividends paid out divided by their net income. And I looked, I looked a little bit further research in advance to kind of make sure that I had this number already. Honeywell's dividend payout ratio is 40%. That's, that's great. No issues there. It's actually like 39%. So you round it up. That's a really good number. So a high ratio is around 55% up. This is well, well below that. So, I mean, they've got good catalysts, good internal growth, good things going on there. So I like I like that number as well. Next item I see is looking at their price-to-earnings ratio, which is trading at just below 21. And as we've talked about on multiple other podcasts, the, the market right now is trading around a, a PDE ratio. And give in mind, this is just a median it basically tells you where you can where you're where the company that you're researching is trading at is it trading above or below the market the overall market is trading around a 17 18 price to earnings ratio so this is a little bit above however they can back that up because they've experienced um, higher growth in the market when i look back over the last uh let's say six months year to date look back at the beginning of the year um, as far as even a year ago the stock with the low point they were trading at in October was around 105. Today they're around 133. So that's a almost a 30% growth from the from the down point of when for because remember price to earnings is a lagging indicator what happened in the previous 12 months. So the company's been doing very well. They're growing a little bit higher than market, so about 20% higher than the overall market right now from the price to earnings ratio. But their growth and their organic things going on inside the company supports all that. Another item, we look at beta. Beta is a measure of risk. It's below 1. 1.0 is a measure of risk. 
and that's the kind of the standard. So it's below 1.0. So it means it's a, it's a low risk as far as from a um, risk standpoint. Market capitalization 102 billion. That puts it into the large cap portfolios. So again, that's that's the reason why we kind of hit some of these numbers. And then I kind of look below. And one thing that I've seen that was really cool that um, Google Finance has started adding is is more information, more data, more ratios on the bottom. If you look at related companies, they have across all their competitors the highest net profit margin and the highest operating margin. Those are two really important pieces there because what are they generating off their sales? How much are they getting to keep after all the sales are um, said and done? Those are really good ratios right there. Just kind of looking at who their biggest competitors are. I don't, I don't see any red flags here either. So we're talking about a very stable, low-risk company that has is experiencing organic growth and is continuing to look at over the next, I would say, two to five years by investing in organically around the Internet of Things and as well as connectivity, which if you've read any kind of online stats, and let's, let's, uh, let's do that on the fly real quick. So growth trend, Internet of Things. Next five years. So I'm going to go ahead and just grab the Forbes right off the top here. Just kind of do this on the fly. Thought this might be a little more interesting for you. These are the kind of things that I'll do on the side, but on the show, every once in a while, let's kind of go on the fly here. Some of the numbers here on Forbes talks about annual revenues could exceed $470 billion. Internet vendors, including uh, hardware, software, comprehensive solutions. McKinsey talked about $3.7 billion, growing to $3.7 billion in 2020, which is a 32% growth rate. That's really that, – that's a, that's a huge number. So they're in the right aspect. They're in the right area of what they're investing their time and resources in. So we've got a company that – has passed, you know, what do they what do they look at their conference call? They passed all their numbers very well. They're in a growth pattern right now. It looks to be like that from a technical um, level. So we've got no red flags. Last item we're going to check is um, finviz.com. That's F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. I'm going to go over to finviz. I'm going to punch in H-O-N on the top left corner, which is the ticker company or profile section. And then kind of just start to kind of diagnose what we're seeing here and how, how it relates to everything we've seen up until this point. So again, this is a great measure of a technical analysis, which gives us that head and shoulders approach. Head and shoulders on technical analysis basically tells us what pattern the company's trading in. Is it, is it an upward trend, a sideways trend, a downward trend? Right now, since October, which we talked about earlier, Honeywell's definitely in a upper growth trend around 30%. Some of the technical ratios that I see below is we talked about the price to earnings. Their forward price to earnings, which is their guidance, is going to be a little bit less growth. So again, they're going to have stable, very stable growth, but they're forecasting out a little bit less than a 17, which is a little bit lower than their 21 right now as far as a um, current PDE versus a forward PDE their uh, future indicators and when the reason why I know what what's going on there is that listening to a little more digging research like for you for the audience 
listen to their conference call. Their conference call talked about some of the items that they've made bets on that shouldn't actually come to fruition until 2018 up to 2020 as far as some of their internal strategies. So that's the reason why that that's a little bit lower. So that doesn't concern me really at all. Kind of looking before, talk about health of the company, their their, their current ratio, which is again is a it's a divisible of all their total assets divided by their total liabilities, which is a healthy 1.4. Again, the debt to equity ratio should be a little bit of an inverse of that. Debt to equity, um, how much debt is the company carrying? It's less than one, which is a good sign as well. Starting to look into their earnings per share, what they're expecting over the next uh, five years. Nice substantial growth of uh, just over 7%. Not bad right there. Said very stable growth on what's going on. I want to introduce a new ratio that we haven't talked about yet on this show. It's called PEG. PEG is a price to earnings to growth ratio. That's um, it's basically a valuation metric to determine um, you know their their future growth of like what's going on in the company. A good way to think about the PEG ratio is. The peg, the peg of a higher growth company will all would normally be lower than the peg of a slower growth company, meaning the price to earnings may be higher. It basically, kind of gives you a measure of how fast are the price to earnings ratios growing, and is that justifiable, justifying that price to earnings. So it's a good indicator of what exactly, um, you know, why price to earnings is a fundamental piece that we should have a little bit more insight around. Their, their peg ratio is 2.82, which should justify their actual numbers right there because of that current price earnings ratio. So we kind of looked through a lot of different items today, introduced a new ratio. I don't see any red flags. This is a, I would say this is definitely something on the recommended list. I would recommend it higher than our previous company last week when we kind of talked about breaks and strat of something to review and what where is their growth catalyst maybe something to review in the next 12 months but I, I wouldn't say the same thing about Honeywell Honeywell is experiencing very stable very good growth 30% of the market over the past um, about nine to ten months very positive sign they've got the growth catalyst they've got the right stru strategies in place on where they're placing their bets for the future this would be a company that I would definitely take into consideration and adding your portfolio of, let's say you wanted to scale in. I would definitely think about a scaled in approach. Let's say you wanted to reach, uh, let's say $5,000. I wouldn't do it all up once. I would do it in multiple segments, maybe $1,000 a month over five months or $1,000 every other month for 10 months to get you to that number because I, I do see that they're going to have some slower growth. They've indicated that but it's going to be steady upwards growth. So that's where you want to scale into it because you're going to catch uh, some dips. You're going to catch it when it's high and it'll even out over time. So that's my recommendation about how I would approach Honeywell and what that means for the stock going forward. And that's going to wrap up our uh, today's show. Again, if you, um, if you have any questions or comments, things you want me to answer, go ahead and send me an email to alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Again, that's G-E-N on the on the Rich Wagon. So again, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Hope you guys had a, a great 4th of July this past week, and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. 
Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.